0: You're listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. This is your host for today, Michael. I am joined by Austin and Ariana. Hello. Hi. It's good to see you guys. It's
1: good to see you too. We live together.
0: Yeah, but they don't know that.
2: Well, I live elsewhere.
0: <laughs> well, they know that now. <laughs> We're here today to talk about all things all things witchcraft-related, really. I mean, really anything is, uh, is fair game for conversation when it comes to witchcraft, paganism, you know, alternative spiritualities. I kind of thought it would be fun today to talk about love spells. It's the day before Valentine's Ooh. Day. Ooh. And of course, love is on everyone's mind, whether you have it or you don't, right? I, I, to be honest, I think Valentine's Day is a huge waste of time and little more than a corporate holiday.
1: It's just another way to have you know, diabetes happen. Delicious candy. Right? It's candy, man.
0: Candy, man. I mean, candy's always good. I was thinking a little bit yesterday, though, about the concept of St. Valentine being an egregore. Okay. Because so many people have put faith and belief, and we now celebrate and honor this every every year. You know?
1: Okay. Yeah, I can see that. We also have um, different different celebrations centered around these types of energies too, though, like mm-hmm. Um so, so it's very interesting how an entire month has turned into love months. Um, here in Salt Lake City, that's one of the reasons we decided to call the podcast Salty Witches is because one, we're salty and we're in Salt Lake City. Um, There's a lot of misinformation that gets thrown around about love spells. I can't tell you how many times I have heard the exact conversation. Why would you do that? Why would you want to take someone's free will away? That's evil. And it's like, that's not what love magic is. And if your mind is that narrow and that limited, then all you're doing is ultimately limiting your witchcraft.
0: I I think it is fair to to kind of clarify that, you know, if you're basing... A magical working, a spell off of something like, I don't know, codependency, issues of control the need to dominate, then, you know, really, that, that's not love, right? No, those that's are, not love. That's not, a domination yeah, spell. Those are not factors or, or components of, of love, right?
2: Well, I can also see a misconception because Hollywood loves to play the oh, whole love trope. Yes. Um, Yes. So, of course, new witches will probably come in and be like, I got to try this love spell I saw on TV. And then those are probably the ones that backfire. So they're like, no, 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 no. Don't do love spells. They're bad. This happened to me. It was really bad.
1: Good point. Mm-hmm. Well, and love spells we've all done them we've all had we've all had some no, sort of interaction with Never. these things whether that's for yourself or for clients and i've seen my fair share of backfired or not so good love spells not so good love spells yeah i mean the
2: broken cupid's arrows if you will uh, yes. it's <laughs>
1: jagged and filled with venomous poison <laughs> from those colorful tree frogs (laughs)
2: Uh,
1: I mean
0: I would you would you say I'm interrupting you would you say though that that it would be better or that it's just it's just good process like if you're a newer practitioner a newer witch that you shouldn't really be doing these kinds of spells that really like just in general spells or maybe something that should probably be put on the back burner until you learn a little bit more
1: I think yes uh, as someone who works in and is part owner in a metaphysical shop, um, we get a lot of people who come in and the first thing they want to do on their path to witchcraft is spells, which makes sense, which is we cast spells. That's what we do. Um, you know, that's part of our practice. It's part of the craft. Uh, but I can't tell you how many times people have come in and say, okay, well, you're going straight for the grimoire. Do you know how to ground? What's grounding? Do you know how to center? What's that? Do you know how to raise energy? Huh? So no, you don't want to go directly for spells if you're just just beginning. What you need to do is you need to start with the basics. And I get it. The basics can be boring. The basics can be very boring. But alas, that's where everyone has to start. Which I think is a great segue into where did you start your path? That is a good yes. thing. What is your what is your witchy ori- origin story? We should we should introduce ourselves a bit, I think. Yeah. Okay. So shall I go first? You do like to talk the most. I uh-huh. <laughs> I am a Gemini. And about yourself?
2: That's my, the Leo.
1: That is the Leo, but that's okay. You also have that just in secret. Babe. So uh I'm Austin. I've been a practicing witch my entire life. And I have been, I've been doing this a very long time. I grew up in a family that practiced, had, had practices in witchcraft and, and was taught. And it was everything from traditional stragonaria to hoodoo and conjure. That's right. I said hoodoo and conjure. My family is from the South. We practice hoodoo and conjure. It is not voodoo. It is not a religion. It is a folk practice. Do not comfort me
2: we can also discuss that in a later
1: podcast we can discuss that right? in a later sure. podcast we should maybe clarify um, some of that and um at growing up i didn't really have much after i after you know my grandparents passed away i had to find some teachers and so the teacher i found i was initiated into a Gardnerian coven um, went through those levels of initiation and so i have i have some i have some I have some knowledge and i have some lineage there and then, just from there, I just kind of grew my path and um, started practicing more traditional witchcraft. And here I am. I am a formulator, and a lot of people would like to put the label "green witch" on me. Um, I don't like labels in witchcraft. I'm a witch, no matter what I'm doing. If I'm working with herbs, I'm a witch. If I'm working with death, I'm a witch. I'm a witch, no matter what I'm doing. Um, but I formulate the incense. I do the conjure oils, I, you know, if it smells, if, it smells if, it, if it's a magical sniff sniff, I make it, so. So that's me. I'm a Gemini, I'm 29 years old, and I have never been to the ocean, so there you go. That's sad. I know, I want to go to the ocean, but no, I know I mean that part about
0: being a Gemini, that's sad. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. All right,
1: how about you? One of my twins Mine
2: about? is not as glamorous as Austin's. I always um... say one's glamorous. <laughs>
1: The rubies in my crown are not rubies. They are blood.
2: <laughs> um, so I did not grow up in witchcraft. I actually uh, grew up LDS. And, uh, not, ugh. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, but I was watching the movie Practical Magic one night, and there's like a scene in there where she's kind of talking about like how to use herbs and stuff like that. And I'm like, this has to be a thing. And I looked it up, and here I am. But... Um, I had to also kind of like find my own way. Um, I was living in Arizona at the time when I started getting into this and, um, didn't really find a huge community there. And then I moved to Utah, found a huge community where I then met Michael and Austin and have just been learning and growing since then. They have been wonderful teachers.
1: Well, you were a wonderful student.
2: I try.
1: <laughs> I I am not academic. We'll just we'll just we'll just put it that way.
0: I'm the academic. So, um, my background was a bit similar to Austin's in that I grew up in a household. I uh, remember
1: our voices sound similar.
0: With a family. What? Our voices sound similar. Oh, they can't tell that this is Mike. I, uh, well, now they can because you oh. said this is Mike. This is this is Mike. Michael. Um. My, 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 my origin story is a bit similar to Austin's. I, I grew up in a family of practicing witches, and uh, our tradition is uh, rooted in old Mediterranean witchcraft and folk practice. Um, I've studied and learned a few other traditions over the years and uh, have a, a good knowledge of pretty much a lot of what's going on out there. And uh, yeah, and as I said a moment ago, I'm the academic. If you're looking for... Book learning—that's
1: uh, that—that's gonna be me. And there's nothing wrong with that. I am not good with academics. I'm very much the person who likes to do things on the fly because it's just what happens. If you sit me down, you're like, "These are the notes and this is the structure." I'm like, "That's great. Probably not gonna follow."
0: So, would you say that there's a, a better way though? Because I kind of think that a, a balance is important there. Like, there's good. Way. To be able to step into that role of being like, you know, like the performer, we're going to do this kind of on the fly. We're going to bring some of that spontaneous energy, but but really good spells and rituals are
1: going to also incorporate some degree of structure. Oh, would of course. You say, of course. <clears throat> um, I mean, a lot of people will contribute chaos to just unadulterated destruction and and insanity, and I don't attribute chaos to that whatsoever. Chaos is where everything is created. Life is created from chaos, but so is death. And so, while yeah, I can work really, really well on the fly. That's just a that's just an homage to being able to just knowing my craft. You know, if I need to do a spell, I can whip one up really quickly, really, really quick, really fast, and really efficient. But I also have a lot of those spells in my back pocket, like you. You know, we all have our little go-to spells. Um, uh, example: uh, staying in the the the. The realm of love magic. One of my go-to spells for um, for love magic, if it's going to be for a client, is actually going to be a sweet jar or honey jar. It's really, it's really easy to do. It's really easy to kind of put together. And if you don't have honey, you can use sugar. And it's really just kind of how you get ants. That is how you get ants. Um, but you also seal the jar with the wax, and you burn the canvas over it. And you raise your power, you, know, all, of you know, all that great stuff. And so, so, uh, so yeah, there's some structure that needs to go into it, though. You can't go into trying to <clears throat> oh, just things that we've done as a coven. You know, we've done huge, huge workings to assist in the Black Lives Matter movement. Should we should we clarify now that we are all part of a coven? Yes, yeah, so we are all part of a coven. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> um, we're all part of one coven, uh, the Calgary Coven. Our tradition is called the Blackboard Tradition. I'm an elder in the coven, and Mike is an elder, and he's well, considered we're all our elder, high priest. Period. And Ari is also an elder. So, um, so we do a lot of political stuff. You know, we've we've done magic to assist in the protection of the Black Lives Matter movement and stuff like that. And so that required some structure and some thought. It was a week-long process of getting that together, um, but we've we've also done some stuff on the fly. I mean, just this week, we a, a few cover members and I did a did a scribe ritual. You know,
2: well, another thing too, like as far as like learning and people growing in their craft, that also depends on the person. Because, like you said, you're more of a, um, I guess, the performer, the trier, getting your hands dirty. Mm-hmm. Not saying that none of us are, not that, but like Michael, very much. Reads about it first and then does it in, like, kind of a more practical way. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like a mess. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I definitely have my ways, but I overthink it, then I do it, then I'm like, oh, I made it harder than it needed to be. <laughs> mm. So, everyone's definitely different in the way that they learn and grow. Mm. But I would say there's not necessarily a writer wrong answer well, there's lots of wrong answers but...
0: <laughs> yeah, but even those wrong answers can sometimes lead you to some interesting places yes mm-hmm. well well it might talk oh are you are you all worded out for the day well no i have other things but go ahead okay well i was gonna like let's 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 circle this back around to kind of one of the topics that we mentioned initially like love spells you just mentioned austin you just talked really briefly about uh, sweet jars and honey jars as one means of working a love spell, but there are there are many, right? And um, I think maybe it would be good to you know, maybe like kind of fill our listeners in on maybe some other practical tidbits of information. I mean, Ariana, if you're doing a love spell, I mean, other than something like like a jar spell, what would you what would you incorporate into that spell?
2: Well, I also love doing sigils, so of course I would add that. Um, also, and I kind of both do singing. When we do spells Uh um or chanting.
0: Um would you chant a love song?
2: Most likely or sing a love
0: song. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Definitely
2: like, yeah, if you're going more for like, I want this romantic love relationship, if you're wanting to make it more towards the lustful, passionate Mm. side, Mm. probably find Mm. something Mm. more towards that. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm. (laughs) Um So kind of, like, find a song or a chant if you make it your own.
0: You do not own Something the rights along to those,
2: Yeah. Well, you didn't do it long enough to wear. Yeah, I think I you're, think you're, I think you're fine. okay, yeah. Yeah,
0: Cardi B's <laughs> not going to come for you, I don't think. I think you're good. Yeah.
2: <laughs> if not, <laughs> bye TikTok. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, um, no, finding, like, how you're directing those balls, how would find mm-hmm. the song for it.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, if I were to do a love spell, uh, the 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 jar is more for clients. Um, when I was when I was on the dating game, um, I would utilize conjure oils. Actually, I would whip up and craft a conjure oil for myself, and I would wear it if I were going out, which I never did. <laughs> but um, if I were going to be in a situation where I knew that I was going to be surrounded by other people who, um who I could potentially attract, if I could atri- potentially attract a partner. You
2: know? And you are on the hunt, if you will.
1: Yes. When I, if I was on the hunt um, and it worked, it worked. I, I actually had one of my longest relationships is actually how that happened. So
2: you could also, cause going back to sigils and stuff too, like if you're going to draw stuff um, and it doesn't have to be too fancy, the simplicity of a heart.
0: Yep. Yeah.
2: Um, Cupid's bow trying to think what else might be symbolic of love. Um,
0: the symbol of Venus.
2: Sexy part. Yeah, it's
0: the symbol of Venus. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yes, yes, you could draw genitalia. Oh. Um, I'm not
2: sure how explicit we're getting here, so. Oh, oh, we won't get too explicit.
0: At least not on this episode. Oh. How about you, Mike? I, you know, I, you know I, I like to mix a lot of interesting elements together. Like, I, I actually was, like, w- was weaving... Um, a love spell last night with something just like yarn and and I was putting that energy into just like this framework really and it was just basically just a wire framework for a heart but I I, I was weaving color and and yarn and things around this and charging it with incantation as I was working and um, you know I like to try to work with things that are not quite maybe as common. In many practices, but I also, you know, I'm I'm also one that will bust out a candle and do just a simple candle spell, you know, like you find a nice, like pink I We always go pink and red for for love, right? There, mm-hmm. those are the colors we associate most often. Pink, yeah, you white, know, right? There you go, and uh, you know, and dress that with something like a contra oil. Um, you know, maybe add some herb to that. You know, I like to work with um, herbs quite a bit in my practice, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and there are a lot of them that are particularly good for love. I mean, we always, of course, associate rose. Mm-hmm. roses with love. But, um, you know, like lavender is another really good one. And I love hawthorn, to be honest, hawthorn berries, you bring those up and use those. Those are nice for love spells, I find, because they're, it's, it's an herb of the heart. Mm-hmm. It's an herb that has a lot of magical associations, it's an herb that also has a lot of fairy association. Um, and it can be very good for attraction and love, but it also is known to be a healer. You know, if you're dealing with someone or uh, you know, you, you happen to be someone that is looking for new love and has a little bit of baggage. Who doesn't? Right. Yeah. Um, Hawthorne can be a good attitude to a love spell because it can be healing at the same time that it is
1: attracting. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yes. Mike is also uh, an herbalist. Like he has he has his little degree.
0: I have a piece of paper on a wall that says yeah.
1: I, I learned how to do a thing. Which, which is really, which is really, really awesome because I think that gives one. It gives us and our shop a little bit more clout, but it also gives uh, Mike a little bit more clout. And uh, Mike has a lot of clout. He has done a lot of stuff, and he's very well versed and educated. Uh, you have a doctorate's degree. Did you say learned?
0: Yeah,
2: learned. Learned.
0: Learned. 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 I'm learned. learned. Yeah, I have. I have Gosh. some other. I have other certifications and degrees and
2: our managers are fighting. Excuse yes. us.
0: Because <laughs> we have studio cats yes. with us here today and they seem to be having a, a bit of an issue over who gets to sit where. So maybe we should do a love spell on them. <laughs> that's that's creepy. A love spell between Merlin and Knuckles. No, that's creepy. No. Let's not cast spells on our cats.
1: Last Christmas, I give you my heart. <sighs>
0: <laughs> anyway. So let's talk a little bit about some of the ethics of love spells, I think, because that's really where I find, you know, people, you know, trip up a lot Walter. or people get a lot of confusion around this. You know, I mean, there, there are lots lots of resources out there for how to do a love spell on components and things like that, correspondences. But, but you know, but I, I find through conversation and you kind of touched upon this a few moments ago, Austin, you know, there are a lot of people out there that have been kind of mis, misinformed, I think. Around love spells and the the validity, the the proper practice and, and use of these, and I always kind of look at this as just a, another tool in a
1: Winch's tool belt, right? Like this is just something else that we can do. I don't know. Well, uh, first we need to look at the validity of the source that a lot of people are getting this from. Um, particularly here in in our in our community, there are individuals who like to walk around and. Claiming that they own a copyright to witchcraft or a copyright to this or a copyright to that and that's not how witchcraft works I think you're gonna find that everywhere though. We're gonna there, find are, it there everywhere are always those
0: personalities and those elements. Yeah in the community
1: well I mean God, talking to some of my my acquaintances and connections I have back east and in, in Boston and Salem that happens a lot um, but one thing that we really need to focus on is um, is proper education and avoiding misinformation or calling out misinformation when that happens. A love spell is not just, this person will love me regardless of what they want. That's not a love spell.
2: That's definitely power over someone. That's
1: power yeah. over someone, and that would be a domination spell. Now, there's nothing wrong with a domination spell, but once again, that goes into the witch's own personal ethics around yeah. magic. Yeah. We don't judge. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I, I mean, I, I had a client who wanted me to create a pull the wool over their eyes, uh, pull the wool over someone's eyes oil, and so I crafted that, and... It just be a glamour. It would just be a glamour, yes, but once again this is where this is where mike and i will differ in our craft mike is very like well these are generalized things that this one oil can work for consistently and always and i'm like yes but there's also very specific things that i do when i craft an oil with particular things that i want it to lean a particular way um someone is trying to get a hold of you Phones on silence. Sir. I thought I had muted this. <laughs> Let's keep um, going with our which, and, and the thing is, is like there's nothing wrong with having a, a good oil that's around everything. Example, Van Van oil is just a good all-around oil for luck, protection. You can use it, you can use it for so many things. But Van Van, while it's good for protection, is not nearly as potent or powerful as Fiery Wall. Whereas Fiery Wall. Is very potent, so there's so many different things you can use, and I think that's where a lot of people falter in, um, in their particular practice is, um, and it happens a lot on TikTok. Rosemary can be used for everything. No, well,
2: that not just TikTok. That I saw that on Tumblr. Oh my god, was,
1: rosemary is uh, a, a good substitute, would. but if if your spell calls for time, and you don't have time in your house, but you have rosemary. Just go, go, go to your grocery store or the dollar store and get some time <laughs> or better yet, support your local metaphysical shop. Uh, so, so there's a lot of misinformation that goes out, uh, goes on about love spells and it's not just all domination. A love spell can be used to simply attract and pull that energy further into your sphere, further into your aura, further into your energy and further into your life, um, you can use a love spell on your current partner, not not for anything other than, you know, we've been together this long and and you know, with most partners, after about 15, 20 years, there's a spark that's lost, right? And it's not that you don't love this individual anymore, because there was most definitely a deep-seated love there, but Life happens, the mundane happens. And so being able to utilize a love spell to reinvigorate what once was there, to I don't know, put the put the love goggles on again that we all have in that first two, three months, first year of a relationship. Bring back
2: the honeymoon phase. Yeah,
1: bring back the honeymoon phase. It's most definitely something you can do. You can do it for uh we we have clients who come into the shop who, you know. It's not that the love and the passion's not there. It's just that some in particular part is not working, and we will work with them on a magical level to create either a mojo or a gri-gree or, or, or heck, even a candle of some sort to help to help with that.
2: Do you have anything to add?
0: <laughs> I don't know that I do. <clears throat> I don't know, I mean, we, we've kind of clarified, I think, a lot about the the, the ethics and, you know, the, the best practices around that. I don't know, I mean.
2: What are some other ways that you'd use love spells?
0: I For me, you know, and I, I'm just trying to think uh, back a bit on, you know, over the years, some of the clients that I've worked for. And I, I really, I do feel that the majority of the spells I've been hired to do have really primarily been people that are already in relationships kind of as you were just explaining, people that are already in relationships and they're really looking, I think, to reclaim something, something that they feel is kind of gone stale or something that's been lost, you know? And um, so I think that's really kind of kind of where I primarily have seen the, the use for love spells, I don't know. But I think that also, of course, depends on different people's definitions of love, right? For some people, love is all about the passion and the fireworks, you know? For other people, love is, uh, you know, the commitment and the fidelity, Right? Mm-hmm. The, that that long term, you know, sitting like and doing we're a podcast together, building a life <laughs> together, right? Kind of thing, right? So, anyway, so yeah, no, I think it really kind of depends on the expectation of the person and our own individual identity, just mm-hmm. as, you know, it also um, kind of is up to each individual person to figure out where they sit
1: morally and ethically when it comes to using spells like this. Well, love is also a spectrum. You know, you have romantic love, platonic love, friendship love, self love, all these different things that fall in a particular spectrum. Um, and as a witch, we have to see in spectrums. We have to see in different levels, not just this and this. You know, uh, love spells don't always have to be romantic. I have plenty of people coming in trying to do self-love self love spell jars. Do not do a self-love spell jar. Why would you keep self-love for yourself in a jar? M- more effective ways to do that
2: would you also say someone mentioned glamour earlier would you say that a lot of people use glamour when they're doing love spells
1: yes and that is that can get into a different a different area because glamour glamouring is not just only used for love spells right um people can use glamours to go into a job interview that they feel unqualified for Uh, people can use glamours to just not be seen on a bus filled with crazy people, you
0: know? So a lot of people hear that word, glamor. I, I I'm sure we all, the three of us, we, we've had interactions with people where the the use of that word, uh, as it would pertain to magical purposes anyway, has, um, you know, creates a little bit of confusion. People are like, well, what does that mean? You know, and so, I mean, a glamor, I guess, in essence is really primarily just magical confidence, right? It's just something that you can do to kind of give yourself a little bit of a self-esteem boost, you mm-hmm. know, to to make sure that you are, you know, putting your best foot forward, you know, that you are going into whatever that situation would be with, like, your best face on, you know, and that would definitely have applications for something like love spells, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you want to make sure that whoever that other person is, you know, or, or whatever it is that you're trying to attract, that they continue to see you as the best possible candidate, right? Or the one that they really, really want to keep choosing. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah, so Glamour would definitely be a component of Love Spells. But yeah, I could definitely see other applications for that. You mentioned uh, something a moment ago, actually, Austin, and I think maybe oh. this could be a good segue. I mean, we can talk about Love Spells all day if you want to, just because there's there's still some information that we haven't really touched upon. But you, you brought up, you know, a couple of times now, you know, sweet jars, honey jars, jar spells and you know and I, I notice that this is something that still continues to also create a lot of confusion for people out there. The jar spells, the use of jar spells or container spells and and when those are good ideas and when those are not good ideas. And and I'm just wondering if maybe it would be good now for us maybe to touch upon that a little bit. Yes. You know, I, yes, mean, I think that'd be good. We we've talked to people a lot about that, you know, and I, I we see a lot of people, particularly newer practitioners, newer witches, who are just kind of starting to, you know, get their their first Casting is kind of online and they're, you know, and they're, um, I think, looking for a way to kind of do things safely and aesthetically. But one of the things that we often tell people is that witchcraft is not meant to be safe or aesthetic. Mm You know, if you're looking for safety and aesthetics, then don't try to become a witch. You can find those qualities in lots of other Mm -hmm. spiritualities. Because true witchcraft is going to get messy, and it's not going to always be pretty.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's also not always going to be safe. Now, this this also means that you don't need to approach your craft with fear, right? There's no room for fear in witchcraft. So when we're sitting here and we're talking about safely and aesthetically, um, there's so there, that opens up a whole can of worms there, um, because I've met some people who are pretty potent witches who are also very aesthetically witchcraft leaning but eh, like I can uh, like you can only do so much for a jar spell think about that when you think about a jar spell you're effectively containing energy within a container now here's the thing if you're going to do that you want that to be something that should be contained that would be more effectively contained versus Going off into something else like love. A self love spell jar is not going to do much for you.
2: So, another thing too that I saw uh, way back when was people doing these type of jar spells that um, it was something like a home love jar spell. And, I don't know, it was like something they would keep on top of their fridge or something. Something that it's like people could see, but it was supposed to bring love into the house. And I was like, okay.
1: Okay, well that sounds like a form of sympathetic magic. The jar... Did you say say pathetic or sympathetic? Sympathetic. (laughs) Okay, All right. Um, The jar symbolizing the home, and then the ingredients that would be inside the jar, um, the things that we would wish to keep within the home or the house. Isn't that basically just... I mean, that sounds like a witch's jar, like what you would usually do for
0: protection on a property.
1: I guess only geared more toward love. I guess, except for like when I think of a witch's jar, I think of like I think of like broken glass and rusty nails and, and bodily fluids. Bodily, bodily fluids, fluids. yes, yeah. and which those are also were good. Also good components for low workings though too, right? Bodily fluids. It's true. Yes. True. You want to make a love uh, a love conjure oil. Put a little bit of your sexual fluids in it. Only if it's for you, though. Don't don't do it for other people. Don't bottle that and sell that to masses. It's not gonna be good. No.
2: Icky. Gross. Icky.
0: That would be an interesting spell, though. Now you've got me thinking about other types of like house spells you could do. Not you know things that would be beyond the realm of love. I would think, like, something more within, again, with the realm of, like, like protection and safety, though, would really mm-hmm. be what you'd want for a house. Love seems kind of odd. Mm-hmm. You know, different people prioritize different things, though, Well,
1: right? safety yeah. is good for a house, but also you have to take into consideration, like, the energy that's going through the house. You want to maintain uh, loving and peaceful energy in the house. And so, while, yeah, arguments are going to happen, stuff like that happens when you live with other people... Um,
2: Well, I think another thing, too, seeing the problem with this is people being like, I'm just going to use magic for everything. And it's like, don't band-aid over the problem. Mm. Like, if there's a problem within the house, seek marriage counselors. See a therapist. Like, don't just use magic for everything. (laughs) Because it can only go so far. And that's not to, like, discredit anyone's magical abilities. But at the same time, if you're not looking at the core issue, you're going to keep having that issue.
0: Well, and that's also a good point. Probably, I'm sure one that we'll touch upon a lot as we do more of these episodes, you know, the mundane balance that we have to strike to our magical craft, right? I mean, just earlier today, Austin and I, you know, found ourselves both communicating with a client who is really looking for, I mean, you know, quite literally a magic answer to her problem. You know, she's dealing with some unwanted spiritual activity, you know, and she's looking for spells, rituals, you know, exorcisms, whatever it is that you can do or whatever it is she thinks is possible to be able to remedy this. And The
2: magic easy button. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. The magic easy button. Exactly. And, and it doesn't and matter. And with these types of people, though, you have to understand that no matter what you tell them, no matter what you do, you could have... A reading or a psychic or send a medium to their house or whatever it's gonna be there if if it's not what they want to hear, they're not going to hear it and that's one of the most frustrating things as a professional witch as a professional practitioner that that we have to deal with is more times than not I've had clients sit down and i've had you know they want me to bring their their ex lover back and I'll pull cards and everything's like. No. No. Why do you want this? Why do you want this? And their response is, well, you just need to do it. And so then through the course of a month, they go and they get readings from other people. They go and they get readings from other people. They're they're what we call fishers. They're fishing for different answers. And they go and they get a different answer from someone. They... Um, like that answer. They then proceed to work with that person and then come crying back to me when they're like, it was horrible. It was terrible. It wasn't working. And then when it did work, it was, it was like stalker level crazy. And I'm like, why I told you I wasn't going to do it. And it doesn't matter. You're going to have these people who are going to sit down with you and they're just going to be like, I don't like that answer. And so it's it's really frustrating as a professional practitioner to go through that. On top of that, there are times where you have to tell your clients, and Mike and I have had this have this conversation with our clients, like, it's not a magical problem. It's not a spirit. You need psychological help. You need to seek a therapist or a psychiatrist. And no, 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 no. You're calling me crazy. No, I'm not calling you crazy. I'm telling you that there is a mundane were. No, there's, there's a mundane... Okay, kind of what? I, okay, k. Okay, okay, yes. Okay, I, I, I was calling them a little crazy, but also, I'm being honest. I'm being honest. Like, there's nothing on a match level we can do. If you can fix it or start the process on a mundane level, then you can start to add magic to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. You have to, you have to strike that mundane magical balance. hmm yeah. You
1: know, uh, legal matters... Law of man legal has matters. legal matters. Yeah, you have to. The law of man has to work itself out first before magical magical acts can really hit it. Granted, you well, can, I think we can work those in tandem. You can though. work I mean, those like, in tandem. Well, if you're if you're going through a legal process of some kind,
0: you know there there isn't anything that says that you can't also be working uh, spells to support you know the, that process. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean that's kind of that's kind of ideally that that's really kind of the, again the best balance between. What we consider the magical and the mundane is you know i'm going to make this effort i'm going to do this thing in the mundane dated way mortal physical kind of way but i'm also going to augment this process and make sure that it goes more easily more smoothly with my magical assistance right you know and i think that's kind yeah. of a better way to work we can't really rely on one or the other completely. no there has to be a balance hmm. Hmm. good talk <laughs> <laughs> What else is going on? What else can we possibly
1: talk about for this our inaugural podcast? Oh, I'll I'll, I'll talk about some I'll talk about some shit that I'm I'm seeing on TikTok. So, you're gonna you're gonna blow everybody up now? Maybe. <laughs> all right. Well,
2: I'm sure there's like more things we'll come out and talk about too. But are you just talking about this episode in general?
0: Yeah, just just anything else. Because
2: I'm like, before we cover all the topics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll probably be discussing things later on. I'm sure grounding will come up more, protection, um, how to cast different types of spells. Uh, there will be other people coming on to the podcast as well, so
0: yeah. stay tuned. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There's we have a, an an amazing group of practitioners. Most of us coming from different backgrounds, different traditions, and uh, we all will be kind of kind of switching off in each episode to share information. And, uh, yeah, and we do have some really cool things planned, some really cool ideas for the future. And, uh, yeah, we just, we hope that uh, you stick with us and you give us a chance to kind of share our knowledge and hopefully to entertain you a little bit. So, all right, let's turn it back over to Austin. Let's talk about,
1: what is it, social, social media witchcraft follies. Oh, yes, I love that. So, if you're listening to our podcast, you know that there's this app called. TikTok.
2: Like so, I said it's not
0: just on TikTok. It's not just a TikTok thing. This is everywhere. Oh. I, I mean, see a lot of stuff on Pinterest.
2: Pinterest, Ugh. Tumblr. I don't even know if I want to dare look at Twitter.
1: How <laughs> many herbs? How many how many crystals can be used for self-love mm. and connection to your angels? I mean, I would assume however
0: many you could fit inside you.
1: <laughs> oh dear. Oh my. Oh did I misunderstand self-love? <laughs> I mean, I actually know there is a website where they will actually make crystal self-pleasure items. Anyway, social media. Um, So there's a whole slew of crap on social media. And without fail, it's always these, these young people. And here's the thing. Young people can be smart. I, I've been on the end I've been on the receiving end of well you're young what do you know and that's one of the big that's a really easy way to trigger me into like an anger fit um, is <laughs> would, it, you say, would, you, would you call it a tantrum a tantrum yes <laughs> um and it really it really does upset me but there's these individuals who are only learning from social media and are only... They are taking what they see on TikTok or Pinterest or Instagram or whatever the fuck, and just going with it. Uh, the most recent one that I have been caught in the middle of is cord cutting. Cord cutting is not a close practice. It is sympathetic magic. Get over yourselves. Get over yourselves. the The, the thing is, is it it's all rooted in the desire to protect closed practices. And I see that. And I get that. And I understand that. Is that it though, really? Because it seems a lot of the time, like I have,
0: I've also had quite a few conversations with people concerning what are considered to be like closed practices. You know, and we've, we've all talked about that. So we all kind of, I think, have an understanding. Mm-hmm. Where That's where an, an entire but episode, but in an episode. Yeah, we'll have to do a, an episode on, on just closed practice. We'll have to have Vlad on that. Right? Um, for sure. Yeah, we'll have to have Vlad on that because he's got a very interesting perspective as an indigenous man on that. Um, but I don't always feel that it is about protecting that tradition. I really do feel that a lot of that comes down to that very primitive, very basic human like, this is mine, not yours. You can't have it. I don't want to share. You know, and you know, and which is you know also valid given the circumstance, but mm-hmm. um, but I, I I find sometimes that, that that kind of thinking with closed practices really comes down to a bit a bit more to uh, individual people's ego trips or or the way that individual people feel that they have more entitlement or right mm-hmm. to something maybe than someone else does.
2: Well, correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Isn't this also people doing a lack of research because yes, there's I've also seen the lemon. Pin yes. Oh
1: my god. Oh, yeah. Lemon spells are not a close practice either. Get over yourself.
2: But it's like, you know, different traditions have these spells as well, but some people might think like, oh, no, it originated in here, and it's just like this lack of research of where things belong. Yeah. Well,
1: if we truly look at this entire thing, right, if we look at magic as a whole, we we see consistency in lines of practices. Con- It's just consistently, there's always some sort of cleansing that is done. There's always some sort of sacred space. There's always some sort of this. There's always some sort of that. You know, there's always, without fail, there's always some sort of elemental magic involved. Without fail. And so, I honestly do believe, and I might get a little bit too far into the new age here, which will make me vomit as well in my mouth. um, But there is a collective consciousness that goes on with magic You know, it it is this collective consciousness of example. um, Tying two candles together, attaching them by a string, lighting them, cutting the candle, cutting the string on the candle, and letting them burn down, and stuffing the other out. That has been done by more than just one person, by more than just one tradition, by more than just one practice. It has been around for. Ever. For as long as candles candles and magic have been utilized together. It's been around. Is this the cord cutting spell that people are doing online now? That's the cord cutting spell that a lot of people... Well, it's one. I'm going to tell you right now. That's not a cord cutting spell. That is a banishment. Yeah, it
0: doesn't, doesn't... I yeah. mean, just the way you're explaining it to me right now. Yeah. I, I can't see that that's something that actually
1: really holds any power.
2: That's another one that you see all over online. It's also been on TV shows. I'm sure yeah. you've seen mm-hmm. it on Sabrina. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and and the thing is, is like... You can utilize this in a particular manner, but it's not a cord cutting. And we're going to talk about cord cutting. Cord cutting is, it's more energy work heavy than it is spell work heavy. And yeah, spell work is energy work, but you need a practitioner or someone who can honestly find the root of it and change it and fix it and bring these things back. And a lot of people aren't ready to do the work that's required of that. But
2: maybe they're the salty witches. (laughs) Hmm. All these people trying to close everything.
0: <laughs> that's true. yeah, yeah. That's true. I mean, I mean, you, you know, my my take on the whole closed practice is and again, and I don't want to want to you know belabor belabor that too much because, like I said, we'll we'll do a, a full podcast on that. But you know, it was the only thing that can ever really exclude you from a particular practice is where you sit with processes of initiation. If something mm-hmm. is a closed practice, it usually is is going to have to incorporate some process mm-hmm. of initiation. And
1: that is why you cannot self initiate. Yeah,
0: and that's that's true. If you are, uh, well, depending on your tradition anyway, yeah, self-initiation
1: really is not a thing. Well, self-initiation, even in Wicca, isn't isn't a thing. There's this idea that has been tossed around um, due to particular authors where you can self-initiate. No, you can self-dedicate, but the sheer act of an initiation requires an initiator. Someone who is doing the ceremonial act of initiation. Can you be initiated by spirit? Yeah. The the question begs to be answered, who initiated the first witch? And depending on the tradition, you're going to get different answers. For me, the person who initiated the first witch was Aradia, or Aradia, or Aradia. they They were who initiated the first witch, or the first witches. But then... Who initiated Aradia? Diana. Diana. Who initiated Diana? Well, that would be the, the 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 creating primordial force behind those those spirits, right? Which would be the void. Well, I
0: mean, if you, yeah. If you're looking at the mythos of witchcraft, I mean, by the time you get back to primordial deities, I mean, we're, you're really, I mean, all, all of that's really going to be pre.
1: Initiation, exactly. All that is supposed to be pre-humanity, exactly. So humanity is very much a human thing. Um, <laughs> I mean, initiation is a very much a human thing, um, and and the thing is, is does that mean that you dedicating to your path and working with your magics and working with your power and letting it grow? Does that mean that it is not valid? No, that does not invalidate your path. But does going around self-proclaiming you are a third degree? High priest of the fifth order of the world of dawn on the sixth level of Calliope. Does that make you? D- does that mean anything? No. If you come to me with that, I'm going to be like, "That's nice. What are your credentials?" Well, I just told them to you. Okay, but who initiated you? Well, I did. That's not how this works. That's Dude, not how any of this works. You know,
0: I said that one time, and you will not. Let I it won't go.
1: let it go. Who initiated you? Who?
0: I was approached by a mysterious woman in a forest Glen. Okay, Victor Anderson and Gerald Gardner and yeah. Cochran and just mm-hmm. about all of the others who all claim these mysterious origins of initiation mm-hmm. into witchcraft. Exactly. It's like, just, just be honest, you know, just say like, you know, like, yeah, through a combination of personal gnosis Probably a little bit of substance abuse, a little bit of dash of mental illness, and a lot of interest into prior occultists and the work they were doing. I pulled this witchcraft tradition out of my ass. And that's okay, right? Exactly. I
1: can accept that. I mean, uh, there uh, people go on and on and on about Cochrane, And it's like... He had some validity. He was a smart guy. He was a smart guy. But... His practices were being practiced prior to him bringing them to the forefront.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, all these things were. Gerald Gardner had parts in, uh, uh, parts of his tradition everywhere Thelema, OTO. That brings us back to an
0: interesting uh, part of closed practices again, that was with much of what Gerald Gardner did. And I don't want to turn this into an episode on, on Gerald Gardner and Wicca specifically, but, but spe- again, speaking and speaking about that. Episode. Speaking about that, though, or kind of the way that there's an overlap there, how does the original work, the original philosophy and practices of Wicca as put forward by Gerald Gardner, and I know he wasn't the only one there, but, you know, he's the one that gets most of the credit, unfortunately. How do so many of those things really kind of hold up to time now that we understand that so much of what was there was really
1: stolen or, or misappropriated from prior culture? Well... So if we look at that, and and we see all the... As long as practicing Lucans can acknowledge those roots, which they should. They should acknowledge those roots of those traditions. They should acknowledge where those different and separate practices and paths come from. They should acknowledge that. That will give them a better sense of connection. Now, um, when we look at which... Which which tradition of Wicca? If we're looking at strictly Gardnerian, okay, but which one before which Reformation? Because there were so many. Uh, Gerald Gardner reformed so much, just because he had a he was. First, it was this, and it was the New Forest Coven, and then from the New Forest Coven he went into the 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 Bricketwood Coven. I think it's Bricketwood. I'd have to check my lineage on that, um, but. He goes through all these things, and then he ends up hanging out with Aleister Crowley, and now all of a sudden, out of nowhere, boop, practices of the OTO and the Lima are now a part of what is considered traditional Wicca. When in reality, traditional Wicca would have been closer to something along the lines of sabbatic witchcraft.
0: But isn't there an element of of sabbatic craft within things like like the the OTO and the Exactly.
1: Element. Exactly. So there's still once again we see either a collective consciousness well, these or were still
0: all, these were all people that were I mean historically I think this is you know this is known this is established these were all people that were uh, at, in some degree affiliated with the the Order of the Golden Dawn.
1: Exactly. Dawn. Or or some sort of Masonic tradition as well. Oh, yes, the Masons, wow. And so we we look at all these things and so for those of you for those of you out there who want to practice traditional Wicca um, and you want to honor its roots but also grow and evolve first and foremost, the book you want to read is traditional Wicca by Thorn Mooney. okay um, She talks a lot in her book about how Wicca is structured, where it came from and how we need to continue to evolve past some of these older, more esoteric, misogynistic ideas and that racist. Are, and racist ideas that we find in good old homeschool gardenarian first generation Wicca. And that could be said for every magical tradition. When we look at magical tradition, traditions, what wherever they are, whether that is Wicca, whether that is Stragonaria, whether that is Celtic witchcraft, or a mod podge of all the other ones. Really, what we're looking at is we're looking at what is a conglomeration of multiple different magical practices. Because honestly, we don't know how those ancient peoples practiced back then. M- most magical practices nowadays are reformation, reconstruction, and that's that's something that we need to one. First of all, accept an honor. Because the old ancient stuff, though it's really awesome if you can get your hands on it and have some sort of connection to it, still has to evolve. You know, I don't have to take a week-long horse chariot ride out into the woods to a different town or village so that I can procure this particular herb that only grows in that area. Now I can just hop online and order it, you know, and 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 that's to be said for a lot of what we utilize today, you know, a lot of witches had to craft their own things. And it's great that we can craft our own things and that we should continue to craft our own things. But that doesn't mean that trying to do it the oldest, most esoteric, ancient, dusty way possible is the best. That
0: was a bit of a tangent.
1: Sorry. I
2: know. We went from love spells to witch jars. We've been a bit all to... over the place today. <laughs> I don't know.
0: I think in future as we're recording these, we'll probably, you know, we'll probably talk a little bit. I, I'd imagine like, you know, we, we wanted these to be organic in nature. You know, we really want to kind of have just some conversation around these things. But I, I do feel that, you know, it's it's good for us probably to kind of explore a bit, kind of, you know, to cover a range of different topics. I also think it's good that we, we do keep it, you know, that we do keep it topical in the sense that we are discussing the things that are of relevance to witchcraft today. Yes. You know, I mean, we all have access to all those old books, right? We all can go back and read those things. Mm -hmm. and uh you know but but as austin was just kind of implying you know i think it is actually good that we focus on witchcraft as a living tradition that it is something that is alive and still growing and evolving today Mm -hmm. it's not just something that you're going to find in in again in some dusty old grimoire you know we we have to continue to breathe fresh air and and to keep things moving forward everything evolves if it doesn't evolve it dies exactly and the same would be true of our witchcraft so
1: i don't know Sorry, sometimes I get very impassioned and I you just are. like go on and You're very on and fiery. On.
0: They they will learn that as we do future episodes. They'll learn that uh, you tend to be the the fireball in the room.
1: I am not the fireball in the room. Yeah, I'm yeah. totally the fireball in the room. So. I think Toby's the fireball in the room. Toby's my cat.
2: He is one of the the managers.
1: Yes, he's one of our managers. Yes.
0: Well, let's do a quick roundup. Does anybody have any other points they'd like to make today before we uh, call it good on our first podcast episode? Ari, you were kind of quiet today.
2: Oh, well, in that section, yes. I will admit, I have not done a lot of reading. (laughs) Um, Or at least not the books that we discussed today. (laughs) So I couldn't really put my input there. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't know. I guess should we talk about some of the next things we might be bringing up in future episodes? That's
0: actually a good
1: idea. I think... I think the next episode, and this just kind of like dawned on me, we should do, we should each have a book that we've read.
2: I already have mine and I think sure you it. know which one it is. And, and, and
1: talk about it and share what we think about it. So I think I'm going to do Crooked Path by Kelvin because I quite enjoyed that read.
2: Should we do just one or a couple? Because I think we'll go through that pretty quickly. Should we do a few?
1: Yeah. Or maybe we could do like that. at
2: least do a book and an author? Yeah because
0: spotlight on that those yeah, yeah. I think, let's not do the, we don't want to do the whole episode on that though right like we i i, I mean because again those are there's a lot of other information <laughs>
2: well i'm sure we're really gonna other start others. off with like this is today's theme and then it's gonna go into a tangent that's that's, that's probably true. Well, how guys. this is gonna yes,
0: be <laughs> yes, yes welcome to what that, we did today right, most likely um, the case yes i'm sure
2: so because i would like to talk about psychic witch just because i feel that helped me the most yeah um by Matt Aron,
0: we can talk about how we we accidentally snubbed Matt Aron on social media. Oh wow! <laughs> uh, yeah, it's kind of kind of a it's not it's not a, not a huge story, but um, and he of course is is very sweet and was very gracious about it, and I think we're all cool now. But uh, yeah, it was a little, a little embarrassing for me. Um, so yeah, books. We'll be talking about some books you know that's one of the questions we get a lot is you know hey what should i read you know and reading is wonderful you know because that's really a big step to becoming a witch you know is you want to cultivate as much knowledge as possible you know knowledge is always going to be an important thing to have before you really kind of dive into experience you know um so book reviews uh you know it is our hope in the the months ahead that we'll actually be able to get some authors and some other influential people here on the podcast as well um I'm sure you heard us talk about
2: Vlad. He's one of our other uh, Coven members, um, and he comes from the... Arawak. Thank you. Tribe? The Arawak oh, tribe. Yes, He's
1: yes. also Taino. Yep.
2: And... I don't know. Are we having any other members from our Coven? Yeah, we might. Yeah, we have
0: a few other people who who have, like, a more specialized kinds of knowledge and things, and I think, yeah, we'll probably have some, some of them guest on the podcast in future episodes i think uh you know i i would love to also see and i think that we'll do this as well we'll see future episodes that are geared specifically toward uh specific types of witchcraft or, or specific types of practices perhaps like i know we all love to talk about hexes and curses but that's a big <laughs> one for us it's not uh, it's not us uh, so if we don't talk about it yep You know, but I think to have an honest discussion about things like that, those things that are considered a bit more taboo, to be honest, that's Mm. one of the reasons I really wanted to talk about love spells today is because it is considered a fairly taboo kind of a thing, you know. But to talk about some of those things that that maybe I think a lot of other people are not really willing to discuss honestly right now I think is really helpful. Um, You know, again, one of the other ways to really figure out if something like Witchcraft is going to be a good fit for you is to learn... You know about like kind of like what would be considered the the underbelly the sh- shadow warrior side of those mm. practices and well, see another
2: thing too if you don't learn about hexes or curses how can you effectively protect yourself for, exactly or, or remove yourself? one that's
0: yeah. true yeah like yeah we, we tell people that all the time if you feel that you've been crossed or cursed you, you do not want to go to see a fluffy bunny light worker new age spiritual practitioner for help with something like that because they don't know what the hell a curse really is You've got to go see a witch and you need to go see a witch that actually does work curses because they will be the only ones that are going to effectively be
1: able to remove that. Yes. Not and, and and the thing is is we've had so many experiences with people coming in saying that light workers have told them this or they went and saw this reader and they said that they have the a demonic attachment. They have it's like they have demons behind them it's and It's always demons. It's always demons. Yes. And these people come into our shop and I'm like No, that's like your great great grandma what oh, <laughs> and yeah your great-great-grandma probably wasn't a very nice person but for you some reason you wanna banish Nana <laughs> yeah she pisses me off oh
0: yeah like I can relate my my, my grandmother was not a very nice lady
1: yeah but I your mean, grandmother doesn't really cause many issues <laughs> to be fair mine probably hated me when she died so
0: there so, you go We'll just have, like, a a Nana banishing (laughs) convention or gathering.
1: So you want to banish Nana. So you
0: want to banish Nana. Get in line. Um, (laughs) That's fun. All right. Well, as you can see, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. And, again, we we hope that you'll uh, continue to tune in. We'll be trying to get at least an episode of this podcast up each month to begin with. We're all pretty busy. But uh, as we kind of refine our processes and we get this down a little bit, uh, a little bit better, we'll probably get a little quicker at it. And uh, and it is definitely our intent to bring you some good, good
1: info. Good info
2: and some good entertainment. What should our end line be?
1: An end line? Yeah. Oh. Drink some water, cause you just had a lot of salt. Oh god, that's awful. <laughs> oh <no. laughs> Stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay, stay witchy. Salty. Oh, stay, oh
0: stay safe. Stay healthy. Stay, stay salty. Stay, stay, stay safe. Stay salty. Stay witchy. We'll work on this. We'll have. We'll have. We'll have something. We'll have something uh, that works in future episodes. Watch. We're stay gonna salty, like stop witchy. this and
1: and 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 wouldn't have recorded anything
0: because. <laughs> oh God! Wouldn't that be awful to get to the end of this and find out that we hadn't actually been recording?
1: here's hoping not
0: that that anybody listening to this would actually know that that had happened because we wouldn't have been recording so anyway (laughs) thank you so much from the salty witches uh we will uh we'll be chatting at you again very soon i'm sure have a good day Bye. bye